your, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Tombstone minute by minute. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good friend, Joe. Hi. Okay. Yeah, we're here. We're here to talk about minute 107. And in this minute, Doc and Wyatt talk about Johnny Ringo. Now, well, I know you, you have really, a lot to uh, say. got people fired up for this minute. For this yeah. minute, Doc and Wyatt talk. About a person. <laughs> so earlier in the previous minute, uh, Wyatt asks Doc, what makes a man like Ringo, Doc? And uh, Doc thinks about it, and he says, Ringo has a great empty hole right through the middle of him. He can't kill enough or steal enough, or inflect enough pain to fill it. Wyatt asks him, what does he need? Doc says, revenge. Wyatt asks, for what? Doc says, being born. That was my dramatic reading of Tombstone, Minute 107. <laughs> you can find Rob at most open mics around the Madison area on Tuesdays <laughs> and Thursdays. <laughs> When I do my, <laughs> he my weirdly usually of... only goes on if somebody doesn't show. I'm not sure why. <laughs> it's really good. No one's here. Put the tombstone guy up there. He'll just do the script. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's that's the best uh, best writing in the whole script right there. Like that ex- exchange. Uh, yeah, I mean it's for what being born. It's it's good too because what we learn about from earlier in the movie, uh, if our listeners were uh, paying attention, is Doc says that part of the reason he doesn't like Ringo is because he reminds him of him. So, what he's sort of saying about Ringo, Doc also feels about himself, right? Yeah. Um, which is incredibly sad. Yeah. Yeah, that's it is. But um, you know, do you life. think Wyatt understands that part during this oh, he's exchange? An idiot. Or is, absolutely, I, I, I agree. I mean, he is, but he also is that person that helps Doc be Doc instead of um, instead of Johnny Ringo, right? And I think Wyatt hates himself too. Man. <laughs> Um, you think so? He just figured out his purpose in life. I know, and he got... hates himself that it took him this long. Like, I, I think he's a deeply unhappy human being. Man, that he, that can't find that is. I mean, we he he can't has trouble connecting to other people emotionally. That's why like his brothers are so important to him because there's like that familial bond that sort of like to some extent there's genuine affection between them, and then. But also, he relies on the fact that his brothers sort of have to love him. Yeah, and but he Doc also has is one of the few people. Like Doc's the only person we've seen outside of his family that actually likes him. I think you're ignoring Creek Johnson, though. But like, okay, they they <laughs> were in like they knew each other and briefly said hello. Yeah, and then we didn't see them again until there's trouble. You know. They might have so, come back because the brothers got hurt. Are you telling me that ultimately this movie is about 
um, men with empathy issues. I, I I would just say that they're they're yeah. Well, I think White does have empathy. Like, I don't I don't think he like lacks emotions. I I think he lacks emotional intelligence, but I do think yeah. he cares about other people. Um, not maybe as much as one should, but but he does. Who? But I, I but I think that it's about it's about a lot of men that are just existentially unsatisfied and unhappy. Yeah, I mean that's yeah which I agree. With pretty you. much it's, also... <laughs> it's which is a lot of movies that we just described, and a lot it's of pre- old west movies too, a lot of westerns, right? Yeah, and like have... just it's it's a lot of like I think I think that. Uh, I'm just sort of speaking extemporaneously here, but I, th- I think that the Old West is probably filled with with people who went there expecting that to be the answer, just leaving home and going to the new place. And they get there and they realize that they're in a new place, but they're still the same person. You know, like the circumstances changed, but they still look in the mirror at the same set of eyes every morning and every night. The man in the mirror? Yeah. <laughs> That's what Michael Jackson was actually singing about the Old West. What you said is very correct and accurate. Um, and it has who... absolutely nothing to do with me, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, you are not projecting. No, I, psychologically speaking, am th- just thrilled every time I realize, like, I'm me. This is great. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. Yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> um, everyone knows that uh, I am. <laughs> yeah, Thrilled. Yeah, my know. biggest regret my biggest regret in life, Joe, is not being able to listen to these podcasts for the first time without ever knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, what I do is um, <laughs> that's why <laughs> – that's why I drink so heavily during the recording. It's so I don't remember <laughs> what you or I said. And then uh and then when I listen to them, uh it's it's like I'm hearing it for the first time. So I, I get al- almost the same level of joy as our listeners do. The difference is that I know you and myself so much I usually can predict what we're about to say. So <laughs> it's not totally like a fresh experience, but it's as close as I can get. Which character in tombstone and specifically the male characters do you think has the highest emotional iq that's a good question um thank you joe (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome uh let's see took me 107 minutes (laughs) (laughs) i think no there's no way that's the first time i've said that (laughs) Yeah, maybe I have. I don't know. Uh, I, I have an answer on this. I, I think it's Doc. I don't think there's. It's really close. I don't. I think it's. I think it's Morgan, emotionally. Um. Okay, explain. Uh, one, he seems to have real affection for people. Two. He kind of has that moment outside the theater where he sort of well, reflects. Well, no, hold on. Let me. It's like I'm sorry, but. Like, me, I have real finish. affection. No, I, I, I have real affection for people, but I don't know how to express it. That's the a lack of emotional well, intelligence. It's the yes. Emotional intelligence is different from having emotion. 
I agree, but I think Morgan's pretty good at expressing it. Number two, I yeah. think he has that moment where he, he sort of talks about, um, you know, life and questions about it uh, with his brothers, which, you know, we kind of tease, but also there's a certain amount of confidence and, you know, understanding of himself to ask that. And then the last thing is I think the most telling is when he joins up to help um, – Virgil that we kind of all agree was the wrong choice but he is able to explain why and it's about them being brothers and you stick with your brother like he seems to be able to emotionally he's able to explain emotionally the decisions he makes more than anyone else in this movie yeah no you're you're not I I don't really actually I don't think you're wrong I I I think I, I think it's Doc because he seems to be a very wry observer of human nature and and whiskey behavior. rye <laughs> he also has a lot of that in him while he does it uh yeah. and, and i think that he's a pretty pretty perceptive of other people and I, I think you need to have a lot of emotional intelligence in order to do that but yeah i, I don't think morgan's a bad answer by any means um as this minute moves on we sort of hear that why it mentions that it happened so fast with curly bill he didn't have time to think about it He's got plenty of time to think about this. Um, so that kind of, I don't want to say explains. It actually makes me think that the, that that scene should not be in slow motion with that line. Outside of what you think about slow motion in movies. Why? Because he sort of talks about the reason he was able to do that is because it happened so fast. And I think by putting it in slow motion, it doesn't seem like it happened so fast. Yeah, I guess. When that gets touched on later. Um, I also have here in my notes that maybe what should happen is, uh, at this point, we think Wyatt is going to go up to Ringo. Maybe this movie should have just ended with Wyatt giving him a hug. And they find new ways to solve. Because a big part of this is he talks about, you know, he's got an empty hole and he can't kill enough or steal enough or inflict enough pain. He needs revenge for being born. Maybe someone needs to just give him a hug. I kind of think about that scene in Goodwill Hunting. So, like, it it cuts to Wyatt strolling up to him, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm like, it's I, not, it's I not your brought fault. someone with me. I brought someone <laughs> with me." And then around a tree comes Al Franklin playing Stuart Smalley. <laughs> I was thinking, I was, that's I was a, thinking, that's he a should, pretty dated reference, actually. For it really is. I was thinking he should have just been like, you know. You know, the whole it's not your fault sequence in Goodwill Hunting, which I mock, but is a super emotionally affecting sequence in my mind. Um, yeah. You know, it's not your fault. John, Ringo, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, Ringo. <laughs> um, and that made uh, me. I wonder. would much rather have Stuart Smalley come in. <laughs> <laughs> or just have Robin Williams show up. <laughs> <laughs> Was Robin Williams ever in a Western? No. Is the closest he can... What do you mean no? Don't know me. Don't don't give me that no. <laughs> he played Teddy Roosevelt in those Night at the Museum movies. That's probably as close as he came, huh? Yeah. No, that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's true. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. Um, I was thinking with this, and you work with... Uh, I, I was going to say kids, but teenagers. The, I'm the sure teen, that... I, the youth? The youth. Um, I'm sure that fights happen. 
How do you de-escalate a situation that you see is becoming a powder keg? Well, what you do is um, the, whichever the kid is closest to you, you sucker punch them as hard as you can <laughs> and hopefully knock them out. And then the other kid has no one to fight. And then you and become then you... cooler to that group. I was thinking just... what you... No, I don't know. To stop a fight, I don't know. You just push one of them into a classroom and then hopefully the other one gets dealt with. And then you, and then I usually tell them, you're not even going to remember that person's name in 10 years. <laughs> I was thinking what you what you were going to say is that you p- sucker punch one of the kids, you drag him, you take his clothes, and you dress like him and then beat up the other kid too. Then I go <laughs> undercover for a local newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Where's... Where's where's our teacher today? I don't know. Why is that adult sitting in that chair dressed dressed like Todd? I don't know. <laughs> Todd? That's the best part of your story. Is you think that contemporary teens are named Todd? Yeah, you gotta watch out for Todd. I tell you what, if there's a kid named Todd, I bet you he's got temper issues. That's all I'm saying. Uh <laughs> Todd's Chad's. You can't trust those. <laughs> Todd. <laughs> I'm looking through Robert Williams' IMDb page, by the way, listeners, to find out if he was ever in the Western. It's not looking good for me. That said, I have one more note on this minute, Joe. Oh, good. <laughs> this is a really good. nice room. This is a really nice room that uh, that Doc is in. Is this Henry Hooker's room? Like, is this his main master bedroom? It's a big bed. It's pretty nice for a guest room. Yeah, you might... Um. So is, is, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Is Charlton probably. Heston like on a couch somewhere? <laughs> I got to think that place is big enough to have more than one bedroom. I just do think we ever see should... a woman who might live at the ranch? Like, is he married? Um. Well, I'm not sure if in real life he's married, but Joe in the script. <laughs> oh God! And when I say script, I mean the book. Tombstone, a novel by Giles Tippett, based upon the screenplay. Um, there is a Mrs. Hooker. Um, and uh, that's all. Yeah, Mrs. Hooker ran to the kitchen to put on a pot of fresh coffee. Uh, so, I, I'm also going to chime in with a very important announcement. Okay. Uh, Robin Williams in 1988. Uh, voiced uh pecos bill uh, he was the narrator of an animated version of pecos bill that that is a western and apparently he does a really good john wayne impression in it which he also does in birdcage right uh and mrs doubtfire i think too so there we go i'm glad i was able to well i mean his voice that, that counts um, it's fine. it's fine. What do you mean? It's fine, Joe. Let's move on. Okay. I think we were supposed to give a hint yesterday for our next minute by minute podcast. Oh. We forgot. Okay. Um, our first hint was it was a movie that also came out in the nineties. Our second hint for our next minute by minute podcast is it is also a period piece. So how let down will our listeners be when they find out we're just going to do tombstone minute again 
Wyatt Earp minute. <laughs> we're just, we're just, we're just gonna be like, let's just, uh, we have so much more to say. Let's just restart Tombstone and just. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> would anyone listen? I mean, would anyone listen to that? No. Oh, that would have been so funny. We should have done that. Tombstone minute, minute one. We're here to talk about the movie Tombstone. <laughs> All Boy, right. can you believe I, they got Robert Mitchum to do this narration at the beginning? <laughs> uh, I'm excited about tomorrow. Tomorrow we have a, a new Huckleberry uh, from another Minute by Minute podcast. I'm excited I thought you were talking that. about what we were doing tomorrow. <laughs> where yes. uh, Joe and I are going to a Brewers no. game. <laughs> um, and I'm excited about that. We'll have that tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with a, a Huckleberry Wednesday. Did you... Did you? Are you gonna say who the Huckleberry is, or do we usually keep that a surprise? It depends. We'll say it's uh it's Neil Brown from the Mogwai Minute. Very excited. We had uh, George on uh, back in the '30s, like not in the 1930s, but like <laughs> it took forever <laughs> to get the all the, the phonographs <laughs> distributed to everybody. <laughs> a ra- uh, we do a radio show <laughs> where we break down uh, Chesterfield nuts. <laughs> Okay. We break down it happened one night, minute by minute. (laughs) We'll be back. (laughs) It happened one night, minute by minute. (laughs) The walls of Jericho. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow.